0: Hello! My name is Kristen, and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side, and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I am the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school, and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. (laughs) All right, here we go. I have Lisa Murphy on the show today, and today we are talking about themes Which in early childhood education programs. Super
1: popular this week. I'm not sure why. Really? Where else? Have, like, where else it's has it popped just, up? Like pop- social media popping up. People want to talk about it. People have misunderstandings about uh, what it really means. So yeah, when you were like, "Hey, want to talk about this?" I was like, "Yeah, let's." Talk yeah, about it.
0: let's talk about this. Okay, so themes. Um so it came up in my world it in part of one of in my um play-based learning troop that I have on Facebook. Um a girl scout a troop?
1: that's awesome what? like really you're like a girl scout troop?
0: Yeah. Yeah we have one man though. So we're we're just we're non-binary. So we're just a sure. troop of all troop. the people's. Um so it came up when it, speaking about themes and like how to plan in an early childhood education program that's play-based child-led child-centered and one of the participants said well so like because I said something about dinosaurs and they're like do you that's do always dinosaurs? the dinosaurs the- and I was like yeah we have some dinosaur stuff and then I was I started to feel like self-conscious of it I was like why why well, can't what like kids love dinosaurs and the guy goes, he goes well, all the play-based people, like the pure play people are like, you can't do dinosaurs because they're um, they're not something tangible to touch and feel and smell and, and taste and hold.
1: And this is why I said, let's talk about this because I was so glad because we often, and I don't know if I was one of the people that this person was alluding to, um, but I also know regardless whether it is or not, that we'll often- get taken out of context. Right. And so I love opportunities to do a little bit of a deeper dive, even if it's just like one sentence of my book, I would, I love that. So to the specific dinosaur example, and quite honestly, it could be with anything. It could be with snowmen. It could be with anything. Yes. I'm always going to ask the teachers, the educators, the caregivers to come back to whose idea was it? And I know you knew where I was going to go mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that a theme, so let's even back it up. Let's not even get that specific. Theme-based teaching is not inherently evil or bad, right? But where right. did those themes come from? Not even. Exactly.
0: Public, where did they That's come what from? I, right.
1: 52, 52 weeks of, you know, scripted. This is what we've always done. I'd say there's room to maybe investigate that a little bit more. Um, mm mm-hmm. You know, and because and and this is a very multifaceted conversation because the the other reality is, is that you could hire somebody to work in our 100 percent play based programs. But if their experience has only been in really hyper rigid controlled, you, you can't just say go teach playfully because they have nothing to hold on to. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they end up not doing anything because their only experience has been what in at the end of the day, we don't want them doing. So all we say is we don't want you to do that, but then we don't necessarily guide them as effectively as maybe we should be as to what we are doing. So, you know, Mm -hmm. is there room for people to be like, well, the kids are really into trucks. All right. So what are you going to do with trucks? Okay. So we're, so you still have like a safety harness. It's familiar to you. Because the other thing we know is that everything new is half familiar, right? So what, what piece of the theme-based comfort level can I allow you to keep without compromising play and developmentally appropriate practice? But yet, what is going to encourage you to keep moving on? And I think the baby stepping of like, all right, yeah, sure. You want to talk about that? Okay. How do you know that the kids are interested in that? Oh, mm-hmm. well, I heard them over here. and then, Okay. So you have some data and you're gonna roll with this. Okay. Here's the first little baby step thing is that it doesn't have to come back to every element in the room, right? I think old school, if it's transportation week, we have to have- File folder games. and and stuff at the table and the dress up area is now a truck stop, you know? Yes. (laughs) And and okay, so that's the first kind of little, maybe softening of that expectation. You wanna explore trucks the children have shown you? But let's limit it to what they're really excited about. Maybe that might mean you, that might mean you just need to have a few more trucks in the in the block area or wherever right. you keep the trucks, or in the sandbox, or yes. wherever, or maybe a couple more books, and maybe not even just storybooks. Because here's another little stretch. Maybe maybe you find some kind of big fat glossy eight and a half by eleven trucks of from around the world book, and that yeah. one kid is like, oh. so. You know, themes aren't bad. How we yeah. often execute and implement them are.
0: Exactly. And that's what I was trying to get across to the people who I was speaking with is that. How we do we, it. Yes. It's how you choose to do it is
1: now, the now player, now, not
0: player, child-centered, not child-centered.
1: It, Yes. And to clarify, because I don't think I've been on your podcast. So for right. your listeners that aren't familiar with me, yeah, the asterisk of clarification is that we want to move you to a point where you don't need this anymore, or you don't yes. think that you need to be theme-based in order to be an effective facilitator of a, of a play-based environment. Right. Yes. And I, I know that there's, you know, a process to getting to that there point. There
0: is a very big process. So
1: mm-hmm. I I the the one thing I will always hold everybody accountable to is my my three favorite questions. And you know, we should tell them actually the fairy goddaughter story, but um, yeah, we can do that here in a second. Okay, is okay. Wh- what are you doing and why are you doing it, and who is it for? And quite honestly, even if people don't know who I am, even if people are as far on the other side of the spectrum of play base as, as, as possible, those Mm. three questions are still effective. I think tools to have in your tool belt. I even think for parents, I even think for anybody, just in your Mm -hmm. daily job, whatever that job is holding yourself accountable to asking those three questions, I think is, mm, I don't know, important or it is or, or responsible. (laughs)
0: Yes, well, and even in my own life, I ask those, I ask myself those questions for everything now, and it very much clarifies the way that I go about my daily life, even with my well, children I've, in homeschool, yeah. like everything.
1: I've told it's people in the in the workshops before that you know I, I I'm always one for banter. I love Q and A time at a Zoom conference, at a real live in person conference. Remember the good old days, um, <laughs> right? But right. not but. But I also know that as much as I love facilitating and bantering with you when you have a question that you want to pose to me, I know that for the most part, whoever is asking that question, nine times out of 10 can end up answering their own question simply by filtering it through the three things. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And who is it for? I think I I like to think of those three questions as guardrails. They kind of help keep us- bounced bounced into the the lane
0: and there's days that we're
1: a little more to the left of the lane a little more to the right of the lane but it but it still keeps us in the lane
0: yeah I love that lane analogy that's a good one you're so you're so good at this Lisa. I know um okay what else did you what else did you (laughs) want to spew out about themes like you have thoughts okay you're excited to talk about this
1: I have, I have lots of thoughts about it so, and, and kind of, okay, so I'll tell you a story and I love, I love telling the story. Tell it's stories. a little long, but I'm going to tell it. So tell way it. back in the old days, <laughs> back in the old days, well, um, <laughs> one, when I was still married and two, when I still owned a childcare center, we used to joke that, and this is horrible. It's not horrible, but you'll see where I, why I mean that when I yeah. tell you the story. We used to say that we wanted to create two actual schools. One school that was being done one hundred percent DAP play like yeah just at the farthest end of everything ideal that we talk about and it was happening yeah. on Main Street, yeah. but then we were going to have another school over on South Main Street that was the complete opposite that was like, like you know, letter of the day, number of the day, this of the day, that of the day, themes that have been in place since the beginning of time when, when the earth was cooling and you <laughs> had to work at that school <gasps> before you got to work at the other school. Now follow my train of thought. This is the most unfollowing position as possible, but it, but it sounds my, amazing. But my, well, but my thought was this, it was like, that was the minor league and that was the a league right so we got the I, yeah. I don't know baseball lingo but like the show right the show yeah. is is the, mm-hmm. the school on main street the school on, Mount, on on south main street this is the the, the training. It's like
0: field. the off broadway it's like the community theater it's, project it's
1: community theater to broadway yeah. there you go that's yeah. <laughs> we have shared language there so there we works. go and when i hired you remember please listeners this is all metaphorically metaphorical yeah. when i hired you i would be giving you your script that's your curriculum That's, this is what you got to do. This is what we do Monday, January 4th. Like, like it's all spelled out. Yeah. And you had to do that. And that's what you did. Until one day you walked into my office and you threw the damn binder at me and said, how the hell could I possibly know what children are going to be interested in planning three weeks in advance doing the scripted curriculum? And that's when I would secretly clap my hands underneath my desk and say, "You are ready to go to the major leagues, right?" You've and got a
0: golden ticket. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. But how freaking unethical would that be?
0: <laughs> um, but it would be a really cool project. However, I feel really bad for the kids that would have to be in the. That's why but it's
1: unethical. I, I, it teachers, teachers could figure it out. But yeah, I, but but that is really uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm 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 acknowledging. That there's a process, as I've already mm-hmm. said, if I just tell you, like, like when I get called in to help change a school, flip a school, whatever language works for you to go from a very rigid theme-based 52 weeks of this is how we've always done it to being a little bit more play-based, you, you can't just say, stop doing that. mm mm-hmm. You know, it, granted, my ideal goal, as I've already said, is to, I mean, my, I mean, if I could, I would rip the rug out from under you. And the reality is, is that at a lot of places, there are a handful of staff who are ready for you to rip, rip it out. Mm-hmm. So, but, but for those who aren't, maybe, and I did this for some of my staff, here's a list of things that children typically are kind of interested in. If right now that's the training wheels you need to have on your bike while you're getting more comfortable and acclimated to my philosophical orientation Mm -hmm. pick from these, because these historically are going to be things that are a little bit more engaging to children. Now, my ultimate goal is for you to be plucking if you do any kind of theme out of what you're observing from the children. The other thing too, is that some schools um, sexy it up and they change the word to like project or investigation um, when really it's just theme things theme. that somebody right. else decided. Like, where did it come from, right? There's nothing wrong with exploring something for exactly a couple days at a time. I mean, that's the other thing about themes too, is that, um, and, and this maybe would be one of those baby steps, is that if, if you have to plan for a theme three, four weeks at a time with the theme rotating, you know, come hell or high water, there's a new theme mm. on Monday. Some of that little baby step flexibility is like, okay, so I started this one theme on Monday, but on by Tuesday, I know these kids aren't into that. Maybe I can just let it go for the rest of the week. Like, right. like even just that, like, like, I'll be like, okay, that's cool, that's cool. And then the flip side to that is that let's say the theme that you started on Monday, now granted, it maybe not have been something that kids were interested in, but for whatever reason the kids became interested in it. Right. Then you keep it going. Exactly. Right? Like, like so, so there's I think there's workarounds, even within a very rigid traditional program, there could be some workarounds. And, and you know, the only phrase that I've coined so far is how, how do I make this as developmentally inappropriately appropriate as possible,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Mm-hmm. Always wanting to keep pointing out the ideal and, and not even ideal like some utopian ideal, like ideal as in this is what the research says and this is what we know is best practice. This is what we know children actually need and yeah. that there's going to be, I don't know, st- stepping stones to get there.
0: Okay. So I've talked
1: for an hour, so you talk now.
0: <laughs> okay. So going back to dinosaurs. So you know, um, I, one thing that floats around a lot in the early childhood play circles is Bev Bosses has to be in the heart and the hands in order to be in the head. Am I forgetting one? Is there one more? Yeah, if you want hands, it in the head, head,
1: it has to be in their hands. And it's not okay. going to be in their hands if it's not in their heart.
0: True. Okay. Okay. So but going if back talking to talking di- about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So but the go, then going back to a dinosaur, if you can't hold a real dinosaur in your hands. <laughs> and I have to make it. No, no, I'm glad that you circled back to that. So
1: yeah. I have to make it as developmentally inappropriately appropriate as possible. But again, let's go back to my question. Whose okay. idea was it to, to yep. start investigating, exploring, whatever you want to call Dinosaurs. Did that okay. came from the kids? Or did it me saying it's D week and the d- yes. dinosaur and kids love dinosaurs? They're so much fun. Okay, that's kind of shallow. Mm-hmm. So let's dig a little deeper.
0: Let's dig deeper. Okay, so say it did come from the kids. Sure. Because that happens all the time in my
1: is, program. It it does. And though, and here's here's this is a little more subtle, and it's a little bit maybe more um down the, the path towards the ideal is not everything a kid says needs to be hijacked into some kind of teachable freaking moment. I don't know if you swear on your podcast. I've been trying to mind my manners. So (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) just because five kids are having some kind of dino party over there doesn't mean that you need to hijack it. Leave it alone. Exactly. Exactly. Where, where, and, and that comes back to the what my three questions. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And who is it for? What is happening over here that leads you to believe that you actually even have to be involved in that?
0: Like, exactly. why are you...
1: That's your ego. That's Bev. You know, that's your ego. Yep. Thinking that somehow you have to add to this, modify it, redirect it, leave it alone. It's not yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because you're bigger and you're older doesn't mean you know better.
0: Right. So then at what point what point do we say, mm, th- this is recurring and let's add couple some more days, a couple, three days. Yeah. Depending
1: on the age of the children. Right. Cause that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of that reflective piece. At the end of the day, I might look out my little journal and write down, you know, a bunch of kids were really interested in dinosaurs today, but I'm also going to do my detective homework. Did, yeah. the, did the T-Rex tour come through the museum, did all of these children somehow go see this? Was there a movie or a show? Like I'm looking to all of that. What I say, my shorthand is, is this a one hit wonder or is this something Mm -hmm. the kids really are into and interested in unpacking? And I'm not really gonna know that until I give it enough time to see if it has a beginning, a middle and an end. So if that middle piece is going on for a couple more days, I might Mm -hmm. just say something over lunch or snack. Like y'all have been really talking about dinosaurs a lot
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: period and see where that goes. And then just exactly because that's strategy too. You you've been talking about dinosaurs and if they're like, yeah, okay. Or if they've been like, yeah, and you know what? This one really eats, you know, I'm going to be looking for an organic entry point. I'm not assuming that there is an entry point. I never Mm -hmm. assume that I have to be involved at all. Right. And that is where, and this is a different conversation that you and I maybe want to have at some point. That's where I think everybody in early childhood needs to break up with calling themselves a teacher.
0: Ooh, what would you call? What do you, what would you want to call? We are
1: a facilitator of early childhood educational environments at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. I think, I think lock and loading and just like bulldog biting on teacher. I appreciate It, it, it. It adds a sense of competency. It adds a sense perhaps of respect. I get that. And I think it without... I don't even think people realize it. It keeps us locked and loaded on that mug jug. You know, I'm bigger, I am I know more, I'm the adult, I know things and it's my job to teach you things. And and I I don't think that's our job at all. I think occasionally there's room for some kind of direct instruction, um, but not because I think you should know something, but because something's unfolding. And again, I'm running it through the three questions. Mm -hmm. You know, you are really, really wanting to tie your shoes. And you're, you know, I can see that you're getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. Now, a little insight to Lisa Murphy. I will see if I can connect them with a peer before yes. I reinforce the notion that only adults know how to do stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, getting to ZPD and zone proximal development and scaffolding yeah. and all that, which is another, which is another thing, but, but I'm going to be standing back. I'm going to be like, okay, y'all are interested in dinosaurs. You, Well, actually I wouldn't even say that because I don't know you're interested in it. I would say what I saw. You have been talking a lot about dinosaurs. You've been Mm -hmm. like all over the room with dinosaurs and then see where it goes.
0: Okay, so question now. um, One thing that happens, it's kind of like the, uh, and it, it could be tied up more in like something that is kind of native to Minnesota and part of our community culture, part of the culture of our classroom is that Every January, there are some eagles that lay eggs in a nest, and there's a camera on that nest. And because we're a nature preschool,
1: <gasps> what are you pointing at? Are you the eagle you, nest in my backyard? And I watching. think their baby actually has already been born because I what? saw, you know, they're all brown, as you know, they're, they're not multicolored. They look like falcons. Yes. Well. They look like hawks. And yes. there's been a non flying, all brown <gasps> bird flopping around already. And I was like, I think oh, that's wow. a little early. You can hear right now. that's amazing. Yeah. They're squeaking out there right now, but
0: (sighs) that is so cool. So I'm fascinated with it, but also I feel like sometimes because I'm so fascinated with it and I have so much excitement over it and it's like something that, and but it, I feel horrible because it comes back to me and it's like, I love this. So I think you should love this, but I'll turn the Eagle cam on and I'll just let it sit there on. And then if kids notice it and say, what's this, I'll explain to them. But that's really all I do. I turn on the iPad, let the Eagle cam sit there. Some of them have been in the program before, so they know what it is and they'll start talking to each other about it. And then pretty soon, like we have eagles on the brain for like two months And it happens every year because I put that iPad out there.
1: But But see, the intention go back to the intention, right? You're an actor, we get that language. My intention is not one of teaching you about eagles. My intention is not one of of it's E week or B week for birds. You know, it's that, that's us. I think there's (laughs) room in all honesty, there's room for us to bring ourselves and our personas into the classroom mm-hmm. without needing it to turn into teaching,
0: teaching at them, filling them up with knowledge that you think they need to know. Right. And I think that that that's what the iPad, like it sparks wonder and it sparks curiosity and it's like exciting. And it's the things that they learn about nature and the life cycle. And we've seen babies die and we've seen them eat snakes in the nest. And we've seen them bring bunnies that are still like, kicking Oh dude, the nest. dude,
1: last week. And this is why I actually honestly think that there is the baby up there already yeah. um, within three days. We saw them uh, literally my backyard is the runway to the nest. I can see it right now. Oh my gosh. They had a cat on Tuesday and a possum on <gasps> Thursday. I've not really ever noticed. I'm like, somebody up there is hungry.
0: <laughs> um, They totally have a baby up there. Oh my gosh. Have you talked to the neighbors to see like, now I'm like into this. <laughs> You're gonna have to take a picture. Oh, okay, so and send with it to where you. we
1: are, with where, this is a whole other episode. <laughs> But with where we are, Sorry, they, actually, they actually had to stop building the development once because it's protected. So once yeah. they, once they identified that there was an eagle's nest there, l- literally, we're now on a court. It's they turned it into a court as opposed to building six more houses because oh, the eagles gosh. are there, and they've come. They come every year. It's the same pair. That is and so cool. Last year we watched them teach the baby <gasps> how to fly. Mm-hmm. We saw them scuffling for food. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. We see tourists come by. Like I don't know how that happens. Like they'll walk because there's a golf course, and they'll walk through our yard, and they're out there with their binocs. You know, (laughs) the birders. You know, what do they sound like? I'm like five a.m. and five a.m. They're like they're like a a clockwork. They're my alarm clock. Yeah.
0: Well, and so with also with the Eagles at preschool, we have forest school too. So we go off site and on the way to forest school, there are two huge Eagle nests on the way out. And we see the Eagles sitting there every time we go out and back, especially now with the mating season. Yeah. And it's so,
1: but it's there. Okay. So let's, let's there. unpack that. It's, it's there. It's a part. There's going to be, yes. you know, the law of thirds. There's going to be one or two kids that are like gaga goo goo yeah, over yep. it, just like you are. Um, there's going to be other kids who are like, man, this is kind of interesting. I don't have this in my house. But they kind of buy into the enthusiasm. But it's not because they're being forced to become yeah. enthusiastic about it. And then there's going to be another handful of kids who are like, yeah, I don't really nah. care at all about this. But no. acknowledge, like, like <laughs> mm-hmm. duly noted. And then they get on with, with their day down here. Right. Which is different than let's go to a place. And I, I can't speak to this. I don't know where the Eagles would not ever be, but imagine that, you know, like in a, in what geographical region would you never, ever see an Eagle, but you're like, it's Eagle week. And you're going to go get (laughs) from the backyard and make a fake Eagle nest and get some kind of freaking puppet, you know, and pretend like it's stupid.
0: And beaks as clothespins and then yeah. file folder games that have like, matching the letters A and A the, you know,
1: the dead cat that gets flown. No, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's not relevant. It's not relevant, yeah. it's not real, it's not meaningful. They can't. Let's go back to your Bev quote. It, it's not in their heart, but it's not because it's not in their heart, it's because it can't be in their hands, you know, yeah. and, and so and, and that is true, dear listener. If it is not in their hands, if it is not something that they can manipulate, touch, smell, taste, see, um, it's hard for adults to wrap their brain around that. But you don't have that cognitive ability to wrap your brain around that level of an abstract thing or a notion until you get much older than the kids that we're typically this age group working with, which can be hard for adults because we can think as adults about what something might be like because we have experience yeah that might be like xyz but i used to live and i i tell this story in one of the books but i forget which one i used to live right on the beach and i would watch adults grown adults walk out and and would say things i could hear them they would say (laughs) it's so big and i'm like it's the freaking ocean of course it's big
0: yeah yeah.
1: Well, then you find out, you know, they're from Indiana or they're from, you know, Missouri. The point being the Midwest, they've never seen the ocean. They'd heard about it. They see mm-hmm. movies about it. They could understand the concept of a big, huge body of water. But even as an adult, there was that element of. <gasps> and, and, and we forget as adults that children are having that <gasps> moment
0: mm-hmm.
1: all the time. So we don't need to force moments on them because it's happening organically with the stuff that they're naturally exposed to and have the opportunity to have interaction with. We don't need to recreate stuff. That's not there. I'm in Florida right now. It's January. If I see one more cut out construction paper, snowman with cotton balls glued to it, I'm going to smack it to against uh-huh. somebody's face.
0: Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's <laughs> I Gl- feel like I need to make a TikTok video of you of me being you. <laughs> like backhanding you with your stupid paper. Oh
1: it, but it's winter. It, you live in Miami. You don't, there's yeah. no snow f- falling from the sky, nor are there cotton balls falling from the sky. So w- why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Winter in Florida is very different than winter in Minnesota, in exactly. California, in Rochester, New York, in Alberta. Yes. It's different. Yes. Tom Hunter used to say that the, the more you celebrate what they have in front of them, the smoother that transition to the abstract is going to be in not so many words. That is not a direct quote. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, a beautiful article that NAYC put in the young children years and years and years ago, rest in peace, Tom Hunter and Bev, um, called uh the winter outside my window okay you know, and, and the winter outside my window as somebody in whatever state is going to look different than the winter yeah. outside other people's you know
0: you know we actually just had this conversation in my troop um because somebody lives in one of the gals lives in texas and she's like everybody else and like all the world not all the world but you know, and like the Instagram accounts that she follows or the Facebook groups they are like doing all these leaf colored projects. And she's like, we still have green. Like they're just now starting to turn and it's January. Yeah. So it's going to look different for everybody, no matter where you are based on your spot in the world. And that to that, I'll get on a little bit of a
1: soapbox here. That's why everybody needs to break up with their social media occasionally. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not you know, a, a luddite. We we all use social media. That's how we're recording right now. That's how we know each other for crying out exactly. loud. Um, and at the same time, when you find yourself thinking that just because somebody posted something, that it is somehow relevant for the children in your program, I want you to take pause,
0: mm-hmm. and and
1: and consider that is that really accurate? You know, wh- what are you looking yeah. for? Is this relevant, real, meaningful? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And who is it for? Exactly. All the time. Well, and I'm,
0: I'm totally guilty too, like of Pinterest and Instagram and beautiful photos and of wanting to, like, I see something and I'm like, Ooh, that would be super fun. Who Um, for? Right. Exactly. Who Exactly. And that's why I have stopped trying to post, like, I don't post things like that on my Instagram anymore because I don't want people saying, Ooh, I want to do this. Or I want to, I want to be that because you're not that you're not living in my community you're not in my classroom culture yours is gonna look completely different than mine and so i quit making content like that because i just i didn't want people to have copy to, i think just, ideas are good like open-ended ideas are good but the beautiful photos of all the beautiful loose parts like mine looks like shit, and i mean I'll post pictures it of that. Like
1: it looks used. It looks lived in. It looks real. It I mean, that's you know, it that's yeah. what it really looks like.
0: It does. We're not so, trying to
1: sexy it up for a couple of likes on the social media.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I okay. think let's, so. Tom let's, Hunter let's, winter outside oh, my winter, window. Winter winter it's called my oh, window.
1: Oh my okay. god. And it's probably from geez, it's probably from 1990. It's probably
0: still somewhere. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I look know. it
1: up. <clears throat> Tom Hunter. Um, but but just a little bit of a recap, just so the 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 themes, much like the standards, I mean, and I, I used to riff on this a lot before I met you. So uh, Back in the old days, the standards for preschool, pre-K, kindergarten, with the exception of a few states, none of them were actually horrible. There were a few states right. that were horrible. Um, but most of them weren't horrible. The standards weren't the methodology that people were using in order to attempt to meet the standards were really what I, I, I would, I was questioning. And Mm -hmm. I would say the same thing with, with the themes, you know, and, and also I think the, the other um, guardrail that helps here, especially to maybe share with your troop Mm
0: -hmm. is
1: if you're, if you're claiming to be play-based, then I think with that comes an assumption that you're familiar with Peter Gray. And if you're yes. not familiar with Peter Gray, then you need to be familiar with Peter Gray and his uh-huh. work before you're allowed to claim to be play-based anymore. Because Okay,
0: and can I can I interject because like sure. I think my my podcast episode 2 or 3 is all on Peter Gray's definition of play okay. and my true had to go through a whole entire lesson on Peter Gray's definition of play. So they know it. Good.
1: I mean, and I mean, there's five conditions of play. And Mm -hmm. the first one is that it's freely chosen and you can quit when you're done. Yep. So most, most play, most play-based programs who, or excuse me, self-proclaimed play-based programs often don't even meet that criteria.
0: Exactly. If you are
1: interrupting free play to come to circle, interrupting free play to come do anything else, Mm -hmm. you're not play-based.
0: Exactly. If you have
1: to be at the carpet, one, two, three, eyes on me, crisscross applesauce for circle time from 10 to 10, 20, you're not yep. a play to this program. Now exactly. where I will share a page from Jeff Johnson's book, it, it, mm-hmm. not literally his book, but his ph- philosophical book yep. is the notion that some of those things might be done playfully, but at the core, they're not play.
0: Play. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, you were talking about ESIPS, you were talking about Peter Gray. Did you finish that thought?
1: I think I did. And if okay, not. Okay, because
0: are you familiar with Minnesota's early childhood indicators of progress?
1: Um, were they written after 20, 2016?
0: Um, uh, no. However, this, this version is 2017. However, I, the, um, I'm really proud of Minnesota for this because. They talk about um, play in the very opening, like the very opening of the ESIPs. They preface everything with play. That's impressive. It is. Play and exploration are the most meaningful ways for children to acquire skills and knowledge as well as to practice skills and refine understanding of new concepts. Rather than view play as non-academic, effective teachers and providers of preschoolers recognize that high quality play experiences present many learning opportunities that have long lasting effects for children. Then it goes on to talk about the research behind it and like what kids get out of play. It is, however, it's like- it makes you wonder like i i kind of want to know who wrote that and then wonder like um what is their definition of play because it it talks about okay
1: so but so to that though here's where that can be to your advantage if they haven't specifically told you what what their definition of play is but you and your program have a definition of what play is then you kind of that's a nice little like backdoor loophole there totally right and also um, just as an fyi there's probably some kind of an acknowledgement page in the back of that as a committee of who wrote that or something like that usually they right. give some kind of credit
0: they and, they and then we need I, to
1: interview them on your next podcast
0: oh my there's like look at all like at all of these oh look at, like at all that. that there's like a lot yeah
1: there's a lot uh, of pages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't know if your pod cool. is only auditory or if you release footage. But if for are you auditory
0: people, she just flipped <laughs> yeah. four pages of, of references. That's good <laughs> pod right there. <laughs> there. that's good pod. Oh my goodness, that's funny. Okay. Well, um, a nod I, I, to your I, state. A nod. Yeah.
1: Seriously. I know.
0: I was like, I actually show that, and I, I I show that to the parents in our program and make sure that people see that because then they know that. You know, because- We're not just making this up. No, and still in our community, we're not mainstream. We are the weird. We are the hippie. We are the program that like plays. And still we're, you know, we have that stigma and I want us to be mainstream. And this shows that we're mainstream.
1: It actually shows that you're probably mainstream and the other programs that have been considered mainstream are- What outdated?
0: Exactly. I like to say
1: my my phrase of late in regard to certain things is that it it hasn't aged well. Yeah. It hasn't hasn't. aged well. Some of the books we used to read to children haven't aged well. Mm. Some of our, you know, misguided um rules, regs, thought process, philosophy
0: didn't age well. Time to let it it go. It's time to let it go. And let the themes go. Okay, no. and, and the other $50. thing too, and
1: this is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, snarky. Who the hell, if you spent all the time, and I, I actually thought about this on my walk the other day, I was like, huh, how many hours, and I used to do this, we all used to do it back before we knew better, how many hours did we spend one weekend a month, you know, and we go and get all the books, now you'd get online, but back in the day, there was no internet yeah, when I started, yeah. right? You know, the dinosaurs were still walking around just to but bump back to that. Anyway,
0: but, <laughs> we so we'd go and we get all. all of these
1: books, whether you get it from the, the library or your own collection or conferences, you get all this. And I'd pile them in the dining room table and I would literally just kind of pluck through, make it fit, put yep. it on the calendar, you know, and, and you would do it. If you took all of those hours, now follow me, because I really think there's a, there's either a workshop or an article in here or a strategy or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The same amount of time that you spent doing that and, and you invested it in observing what was actually organically unfolding in the classroom and then use your observations to then deepen the things that you saw. One, you're doing it on time that you're getting paid for versus time you're not mm-hmm. getting paid for. Um, and mm-hmm. two, now you have that ego um, n- not as as invested, right? When you spend 48 hours lesson planning for six weeks and then nobody's interested in what you've done, that that can be a blow to the ego, right? And then we get yeah. like, get back over here. I spent all weekend getting all this together and prepping all this, sit down. Cut the
0: beaks out and the feet out. Yeah.
1: And, and I think, you know, it's the same amount of time, Mm -hmm. but that, then that conversation is the, you know, and we've all had that conversation of the, well, I don't feel like I'm doing anything then when I'm facilitating play, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Well, you know, there's a big difference between using your observations. You are on the side, you are watching, but you're constantly your neurons are going crazy because of you know somebody's playing with somebody and they've never played to go oh my god that kid is over there they've never self selected a book as a as a as a choice activity oh my god i'm like and i'm noticing and i'm like how can i deepen this for tomorrow what can i do without mm-hmm. getting in the way you know always in the middle never in the way always on the side you know that's very different than sitting over in the corner you know on your phone that's yeah exactly that's yep. th- But I think that's where we're not good at teaching preschool people what we mean by being a facilitator. I mean, some of that does fall on us, and that's a conversation for another, another time. If we don't paint a clear picture of what we expect, w- they're going to give us either what they know how to do or the opposite of what they were doing and that just leaves too much room for interpretation.
0: Okay, so I think you have your next class or workshop or whatever, how to be a facilitator of play. There you go. It's
1: chapter seven of the most recent.
0: (laughs) 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 Better done done that.
1: It's chapter six. (laughs) Oh, beyond being child-centered. There's my shameless plug for- There you go. Um, yeah, ooey ooeygooey.com, My books are published by Redleaf Press. I have five of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh I don't know how long we've been on, but do you want to tell them the know. fairy goddaughter story? I do.
0: I okay. want to wrap up with that. Okay. Okay. So, and I have a funny story to tell you after. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I don't even know how long ago it was. I can't even remember if I told you in person or sent you a message. I think maybe I sent you a message saying that I, I, I don't I even know it how it started. Like, Do you remember? It was, I think it was just
1: like, you know, you're my fairy godmother. Like, thank yeah. you for being my fairy godmother of play or something like that.
0: Yeah. Very casual. So some sort very of casual. Yeah just you're my fairy godmother. And that's what I call you. And that's what I see you as in my head is this little fairy godmother. And you flit around all over the place in my brain all the time. what are we doing? Why are we doing who is it for? So she's my fairy godmother. So I went to a conference. I don't know in Minnesota somewhere. It was was a play conference. And she was going to be there. So I asked if I could bring her coffee. And so when we went through the drive through, I said they asked for the name. It was Starbucks. And so I said, fairy godmother and so (laughs) I get the cup and I start dying of laughter because it is spelled f-a-r-e-y-g-a-u-d-m-a-t-h-e-r fairy godmother and we died we died laughing and we've never forgotten it since yeah Um, you're in my phone
1: as fairy goddaughter fairy fairy godmother
0: you're in mine as FGM because, but I might change it because it's so much more funny. Fairy godmother. Um, but here's what I found out recently. My daughter Sailor. She said Starbucks. They purposefully spell people's names wrong because then it gets posted on social media and it's free advertising.
1: Oh my! They're brilliant. Right so here. here we like, thought they just didn't know how to spell.
0: And here, here we are talking about it years freaking later. That's brilliant marketing.
1: That's, you know what? That's, that is brilliant. We'll wrap up on that.
0: Okay. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. I love having you on. We should do this more. And I I actually would love to have a conversation with you about trauma from COVID in child care centers. Cause we're dealing with a lot right now okay. in our program. So sometime let's do that.
1: Okay. Thank you for
0: having me on. I love some of the spontaneous conversations. Are you free? Yes, I'm free. Let's go. Let's do it. I know. I like put my kids on screens. I was like, you go play Among Us or Minecraft. I'm going to go record a podcast. Be quiet.
1: Well, it worked out well.
0: Thanks, love. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go onto iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around. Turn yourself on. There you are. Hi! Hey, beautiful. How are you? What? You ha- okay, I want to see if I can get my mic hooked up because I love the sound of yours, and, and Sorry, it I'm really
1: gonna... makes a difference. Even though I wish it didn't, it does.
0: Look, mine has a cute haircut.
1: That is awesome. You know mm-hmm. what? You need to give me a haircut. Hello, thank you very much. Um,
0: uh, when are you coming to Minnesota next?
1: Uh, tomorrow.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, actually, are you where do where do you live? Orlando area? Yeah. Okay, I might be flying into Orlando in a couple weeks. Really? To go to Disney? I could come cut your hair!
1: You could cut my hair and I'll come to Disney with you for crying out loud. When are you coming for reals?
0: Um, so we're trying to decide right now between a weekend in January, like January 20th, or a weekend in February, like the same weekend, because that's when the kids have off of school. Um, we are hosting a foreign exchange student from Basque country right now. Because, you and- know, that's
1: what everybody does during a pandemic
0: right? It was one of those so I, I mean, you know me, it's like one of those, I, I heard, really, okay, here's, here's the story. I'm going to tell you the story. It's a crazy story. My niece in November came to me and said, Hey, do you know of anybody who would want a foreign exchange student to come live with them for six months? He's really unhappy in the host family that he's in. And he's looking for a new family. I was like, well, tell me about him. So found out like he's 16 and from Basque country. And I was like, well, he can come live with us. And the next morning he's on the doorstep. <laughs> um, pretty much. So his coordinator called me the next morning and she's like, hi, my name's Karen. And her name really is Karen. I was going to say, it's <laughs> her name.
1: really Karen?
0: <laughs> talk um, to the manager? So yeah, by the end of the day, I had all the paperwork filled out and he moved in December 9th. Mm-hmm. It's been so fun.
1: You know, he's not going to want to go back. He's going to be like, "I want to be an early childhood educator." However, you say that in Spanish. Right?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. He's taught me how to swear in in Spanish, so I know how to swear now in Spanish. So do all my children.
1: Fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Did my voice change at all? Because
1: you have to change your microphone.
0: That's what I was thinking. Okay, can go I- on the
1: go to the mute the microphone, and click on the up arrow.
0: Oh. And- <laughs> Can you hear me still? I can. Does it sound better? Where, why are you muted? Oh, you're muted.
1: I was muted on an accident. Wait. I was trying to really oh,
0: listen. I know why. You. I think, I think. Is select your microphone, Yeti Nano. Okay, which, now which... I got to select a speaker. MacBook Pro speaker. Did okay, I do... now,
1: now talk. Yes, does it sound better? Doesn't sound any Good. different.
0: Oh, no, it doesn't sound any different.
1: Actually, it sounded better before. It's really? like kind of crispy now with when you change the speaker.
0: Well, that's sad. Oh, I might just have to select a speaker. Just c- keep your speaker the
1: same, the same yeah. as, your system, same as- the system, but then choose whichever yeah. microphone. Okay. Is it a snowball like mine?
0: Yeah, no, mine is a blue, a Yeti blue.
1: Okay, so just pick that. Then it probably comes up. Yes.
0: Okay. Yep. It came up, but d- it doesn't sound any different. It it doesn't. Okay. Well, that's fine. We'll
1: just go. Okay. But it might sound different to the people who are listening to you. It might. Now, tell me, I've not recorded with you for your podcast. What's your mo? Do you like this is banter, but then you're gonna do like a hard start? Like, what do you do?
0: Oh no. Um. Yeah. So I'll just I'll introduce you, and then um, that's really it. I'll edit it to start where I want it to start. Got it. Cause it's recording right now. I might I just add some of this in. Oops. I don't
1: care what you do.